0: Today we're going to be talking about Jam of the Year uh, from Emancipation. Recorded uh, at Paisley Park from late 95 to early 96. Pretty much roughly the timeline for everything that's on this album. We don't have exact dates because by this point Prince you know, he was a free man, he was signed up to EMI, he didn't have to account anything to Warner Brothers, so no one kind of really knows when these songs were recorded. Uh, First released on the 19th of November, 1996, on the track we've got Prince, we've got Kirk Johnson, we have a returning Rosie Gaines, uh, Eric Leeds, and Walter Chancellor Jr., who is a trumpet player who appears on, I think, three or four tracks on this album. Uh, The song itself is 6 Minutes 9, and joining me to talk about it is Spencer Seams. Hello, Spencer.
1: Hello, Darren.
0: Now, it's worth saying, obviously, you know, Prince had gone out of his record deal with Warner Brothers with the release of Chaos and Disorder in July 1996, and you know, so Prince was free. He signed this deal with EMI. It was for one album only. Um, that album could be as long as Prince wanted. He could have as many tracks as he wanted. It could be like, um, you know, it was going to be released, you know, worldwide by EMI. The deal was this, you know, Prince agreed to do this one album. um, You know, there was an option for more releases, um, but Prince chose not to, you know, kind of go with EMI after this album. Um, You know, he he started distributing himself, um, you know. Through through his phone line, one eight hundred new funk. He started distributing albums by post. Um, hmm. By the end of the decade, he would have an online presence. Um, you know, so he was kind of taking tentative steps towards towards that on the, with this album hmm. as well. There's a couple of songs on here. Was he
1: early to um the online online business side of things?
0: I mean, I would have to say so because the MPG Music Club was set up in two thousand, and I don't hmm. think the first version of iTunes was released until, like, 2004, 2005, something like that. Hmm. You know, he was he was ahead of the curve in, t- in terms of selling MP3s online. Obviously, ar- around this time, you also... Have, you know, the Napster trial was about to take place in a couple of years' time. So, so obviously, yeah. you know, kind of sharing music online was already starting to become a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just Prince who wanted to kind of, you know, sell music online. Yeah. You know, that was the direction he wanted to go. Uh,
1: the rapper, um, uh, Dalla Funky Sapien, his first solo album i can't remember what's called offhand but he sold it independently on his website in like 97 98 and, it, and yeah. it's like so
0: that's about yeah yeah around this time yeah, yeah i think
1: that was like the first hip-hop like online like album you can get online or something it, it's some has some record for like being the first and something like that.
0: Like I said, Prince was still doing it via phone line, hmm. <laughs> you know? So you would phone up. And in the case of the next album that I'll be talking about, you know, uh, Prince w- w- like eventually sent you an album. That's the funny thing. Hmm. Like it took forever. That This was the flaw in his plan. You know, it took like six or seven months for him to fulfill all the orders on the albums that people actually ordered.
1: Well, was it's was it so backed up.
0: Yes. Yeah. Hmm. It was a bit of a, like, because, you know, EMI, you know, for, for emancipation, they handled everything, you know, they handled the distribution, they handled, you know, the kind of printing the booklets, they handled getting into record stores, you know, they handled everything. Uh, With 1-800-NEW-FUNK, Prince was basically, you know, had two people at Paisley Park manning the phones (laughs) and taking orders and then, you know, taking credit card details, and then eventually he got the albums pressed once it reached a certain number. I think it was 50,000. I think he basically, he'd said somewhere, you know, he had to have 50,000 orders before it was okay you know before it was worth him getting the cds pressed and then sent out and you know it took a lot longer to reach that number than, than prince hoped for um, but in this case you know prince had everything being handled by emi um you know they spent a lot of money flying tons of journalists to um paisley park you know if you search for you know prince interviews november 96 you find literally dozens of them <laughs> and he did as many interviews over this one weekend, uh, which I think was like a basically like a four day weekend, um, you know, around the time of the release, as he did in like the previous like fifteen years combined. Um, you know, basically groups of journalists were flown into Paisley Park. They would sit down for three hours and listen to the album beginning to end once. Then they would meet Prince individually and in smaller groups, and then Prince would sit down with any of those journalists for as long as they wanted, and he would talk about uh you know the album and the caveats were you could not bring a notepad and you could not record this interview Uh, so (laughs) and these are caveats that prince had had when he was promoting the gold experience as well you know he 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 said to interview he said to you know journalists you can sit down and talk to me for as long as you want about whatever you want mostly though obviously prince kept turning it back to the album you know which is evident in any of the interviews that you read um but, you know, those were the two caveats. He, hmm. he, he thought that um, at, like, recording a conversation meant that the person wasn't concentrating on listening to what Prince was saying. You know, that was the that was the logic that he gave. So if you're if you're sitting there with a the recorder, mm-hmm. you're not listening to the answer that Prince is giving. You're just looking for the next question. And Prince kind of hated that. And so, you know, he was like, just have a conversation with me. And then, you know, there was literally like a a space set up in Paisley Park for people to quickly run and start typing up their (laughs) interviews, um, you know, moments after they happened before they forgot them. Um, You know, so some of those interviews are really fun to read because they are people who were like so enthusiastic to be at, at Paisley Park. Like you're talking people who... You know, up until this point, Prince had never really opened Paisley Park up to journalists. Mm. It had mostly been like when he had concerts and stuff; he'd have, um, you know, members of the public would come in and stuff like that. And so here, he's basically going through like 40, 50 journalists in the space of a weekend, and all of them are kind. Of, I mean, most of them are kind of getting pretty much the exact same <laughs> interview, which is Prince saying, "This is the record I've been, you know, dying to make for years. Warner Brothers wouldn't let me release this record. You know, me and my are deeply in love." you know this out al- this album is about you know being free um you know you can tell mm-hmm. from the kind of the track listing you know there's a song on here called slave and, and then that's at the start of the final disc and the final track is called emancipation so mm-hmm. you know prince wasn't hiding what this was about <laughs> um you know the cover has prince's hands with chains broken in the middle <laughs> um you know like everything is about kind of prince being free um, you know, the final words on the song Emancipation, it's when someone says, Prince says, uh, you know, Emancipation free. And then he says, don't think I ain't, you know, so, he, you know, he's he's basically embracing that freedom. Um, you know, the album did OK in terms of sales. Um, you know, it got to number nine in France, uh, but it only spent four weeks on the <laughs> chart. It got to number 21 in Germany, spent 10 weeks on the chart in the Netherlands, number 13. Again, 10 weeks on the chart over here. It got to number eighteen um, out of forty, hmm. uh, and it was only on the charts for six weeks. <laughs> um, I bought the triple cassette single on the day of release, um, and you know, I basically spent you know uh, the next kind of week just going through you know each of those tapes mm. and using up as many batteries as I possibly could <laughs> in my Walkman, uh, just listening to this album from beginning to end. Uh, which, considering it's three hours start to finish, that is, you know, that's a task. So um,
1: the, you mentioned the journalists listen to it, listen to the whole album. Mm-hmm. So they listen to all three yeah. hours of it.
0: They, before they went to meet Prince, um. they had to sit down for three hours and listen to the album from start to finish. <laughs> Um, they were allowed to. They were allowed to make notes during that time on the like. They had a track list in, yeah. them and they were allowed to make notes on which songs they enjoyed and whatever. You know, because they had to for, for their reviews. Mm-hmm. They they kind of had. You know, some some of the journalists weren't there to interview Prince. They were just there to listen to the album and review it for various publications. Hmm. And Prince also, AMI also sent it out. Um, I think I'm. I'm trying to remember which method they used, but I think it was in a Walkman that was glued shut. Hmm. So they sent. They sent. Uh, to each to to some of the like magazines over here Mm. like enemy melody maker that kind of thing they would send them three walkman uh with with, which were glued shut Mm. each had a disc in and they were allowed to have those walkman for like overnight and then they had to return them the next day Uh, Mm. this was obviously to stop any piracy um so you know Uh, you you basically kind of got you know uh, enough time to listen to the album like maybe four maybe two or three times before you had to return it the next day Um, and then people had to kind of write their reviews off that
1: that's a big investment of time though
0: I mean (laughs) I guess it is but you know Prince had spent so long Mm. fighting Warner Brothers. This was the kind of culmination of that. This is his triumph. Mm. You know, he has beaten Warner Brothers. He's freed himself from his contract. Remember, at the same time, George Michael is also fighting against Sony to get out of his contract. Mm. And George Michael took a lot longer to kind of get any kind of victory out of that. So, you know, this is Prince's kind of, you know, final kind of hurrah that he has managed to beat Warner Brothers (laughs) at their (laughs) own game and get out of their contract like super fast. His contract was meant to last a decade, basically. Mm. And he got out of it in four years oh wow yeah that's a, you know that's an achievement um and so you know journalists are obviously really happy because you know prince is still a name at this point i mean obviously a name you can't pronounce <laughs> but you know he's still a big name and you know journalists are willing to spend the time to kind of review the record a lot of them of course you know they said that the album was too long and they didn't listen to all of it and you know that like the length of the album became a, a big kind of bone of contention for a lot of reviews Um, You know, uh, and I mean, the album did really well in America, you know, comparatively, Um, you know, it got to number 11. It spent 21 weeks on the Billboard Top 200 on the top R&B albums. It got to number six and spent a full six months on that chart. So it managed to get to double platinum by the time you got to February um, 1997, and unsurprisingly, it won the Minnesota Music Awards for Best R&B Recording. Which I feel like, because Prince released basically an album a year, the Minnesota Music Awards <laughs> may as well probably have just been called the Prince Music Awards. <laughs> um, you know, given probably how regularly he won stuff there. So it's worth saying as well that there were earlier versions of this album that were only nine tracks, like nine songs long. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can believe that, um, and Emancipation kind of always being the final track and and in one configuration it was the first track uh, you know but quickly as it expanded um, you know emancipation was pretty much always like the final track uh, there's an earlier version of of the of the kind of the configuration that has what is essentially the final disc as the first disc you know and the songs still kind of got moved around and there was there was even uh-huh. a few songs i mean originally this had 33 tracks uh-huh. so there were a few tr- songs that were dropped and then other songs that were added uh-huh. Uh, and some of the songs that were dropped were put onto Chaos and Disorder. So it
1: sounds like 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 the Blade Runner of Prince albums.
0: <laughs> well, uh, there's only ever one version released of this album. So, but, oh, okay. you know, as with as with pretty much every single Prince album, there's a lot of kind of moving around of songs and re-recording mm-hmm. of songs before Prince kind of finally chooses the you know the the version that gets released. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean, I feel like he opens with you know. A fairly big statement. (laughs) Um, You know, he he, he opens with a song that basically is the title of the prize that he would hope it would win. You know, it is the jam of the year, you know. And like I said, you know, Rosie Gaines, um, you know, she she had left after Diamonds and Pearls. And, you know, she returned to sing on a couple of songs on Chaos and Disorder. And then she, she, you know, she hung around, you know, kind of late 95, early 96 was around the time that Rosie Gaines was... uh, you know, she was kind of back recording with Prince. And, uh, you know, obviously this is one of the songs. And I would say her, her, like her, her contribution to this song mm-hmm. is probably one of my favourite things about it. You know, I've always been a fan of Rose's voice. I think she really kind of complimented Prince's voice. You know, they kind of went well together. And so it's great to kind of hear her back on this song, um, you know. And in terms of like a genre, uh, I mean, I feel like Prince calling it the jam of the year it does kind of feel a little bit like kind of Prince is just um like kind of making it up as he goes along. It does feel a, kind of a bit like an extended jam. I guess um I don't know if I had to pick a genre. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I, you know, it again, this is like a song I've listened to for like 20 years and I've never really had to think about exactly what genre <laughs> of music it is. To me it's just always the first track of emancipation, you know. So I mean, I guess there is a little bit of a, I mean, like a funk thing going on, maybe.
1: Uh, to me, this feels like like early '90s R&B. Yeah. But but like uh, I don't know. It's just, it's R&B, but there's some like kind of weird, not like, uh, weird, almost like progressive elements to it, and that and joint, and joint well, it's a joint, to joint, but like <laughs> uh, it, it 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 goes in direction. Goes in directions I weren't. I wasn't expecting.
0: I mean, it is. I mean, you know, obviously, in in the space of six minutes, you're gonna go kind of in, in some different directions. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is just saying the words. Um, this is the gem of the year over and over again. Um, you know, there's there's a kind of that is the backbone of the song. Is um, everybody's here? This is the gem of the year. You know, just repeated. A number of times. Mm. Um,
1: was this a single off the album? that? sorry? Was this a single off of, the, off of Emancipation? Uh,
0: no. It, I mean, it was and it wasn't. There was like a live version that Prince did along with Face Down, which th- that he recorded um, on the 11th of January 1997 uh, in New York. And it was released as... A single that you had to pay $20 for to buy directly from one 800 new phone, <laughs> <laughs> and you know essentially you could I guess you could say it's the final single from Emancipation but mm-hmm. it was never eligible for any charts because it was just sold over the phone by Prince mm-hmm. and you know it, it kind of like you know it was re- essentially it was released on the 31st of January so it was only like 20 days after it was recorded mm-hmm. but again it was just like a live version of it you know and uh, you know Prince had like written on it um fourth generation bootleg but it's all good which is just a weird thing to write <laughs> to write on there. But I you know obviously and, and, and kind of the, the the kind of the artwork for NYC which is you know what it was labelled as you know it's kind of like just like a drawing of Prince with like the date on it and you know recorded live and like it's very kind of reminiscent of some of the stuff that Prince did around that time in terms of like the artwork. And obviously you know the symbol is very prominently displayed on the on the drawn <laughs> Prince You know let's get into the actual song because I feel like we've talked about as much as we can about the uh, yeah. you know the preamble of the release of emancipation. patient <laughs> so let's let's kind of get into what is prince is classifying as the gem of the year it starts with a kind of it opens up with kind of like a weird kind of sound effect thing as if someone is i don't know it's a kind of a weird kind of like bass noise and it's like someone is getting in out of a car or in a car i can never quite tell you know and we kind of start with prince saying this is a joint i've been laying for all night this is the one that really gets me gone and You know, you have um, Rosie Gaines singing, this is the one, this is the one. (laughs) Like, you know, she does does a lot of kind of hype man stuff in this song. Prince tells us the DJ's own point, and I'm saying he's all right. Uh, We're (laughs) going to fun baby, baby, it's on. Um, And then we kind of get the kind of lead into the chorus, which is got a new Puerto Rican school and she's doing it on the floor when the groove rubber baby's hot. I'm giving it all I got, and then we get the ooh, everybody's here. This is the gem of the year. <laughs> now, obviously, the reference to a new Puerto Rican score is obviously, you know, is about as direct a reference as you're going to get to Maite on this album. You know, being Puerto Rican herself, yeah. and uh, you know, I think by the time this album came out, you know, Prince and Maite had married. I think it was the Valentine's Day, 1996, that they got married. Um, so it's odd to refer to her as a score, though. I I feel, I feel like uh, that's a little bit weird, you know. And I I think it's interesting because you know Prince is talking about how this is the joint he's been laying for all night. He's you know he's essentially waiting for the DJ to play a song that he has written, um, which I feel is kind of like ultimate Prince. Like he's going out to a club and he's like, I wonder when the DJ will play a song by Prince. And, and I just I find that quite funny about Prince because uh, there's a few of other songs where he talks about like a uh-huh. DJ and you know what he's referring to is Prince himself, the DJ playing the song that you're listening to. So I think it's quite interesting that here Prince is, is doing this thing of talking about the song. And he's like saying, oh, this is the, this is the song that I have been waiting to listen to. And he's there. And it's like now playing for you. It's, it's, it's such a weird kind of thing to kind of get very meta at the beginning of the song.
1: Yeah, I don't have much to say besides I actually like it.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and then, you know, Prince, as he's as he's want to do, he tells us, give me mm. a drummer and a funky bass line. And that you kind of, you know, I would say that the bass line on this is mm. pretty kind of prominent throughout the song anyway. And he says, that's all I need now. I'm ready to flow. Been chilling in the cut, and I'm ready. I'm coming to get mine. Uh, If I hit you once, I gotta hit you some more. Now he sings that a little, a little bit different to how you know he sings the rest of the the kind of song. Uh Apart, I mean, although this song isn't you know the final song of this album is called Emancipation, but this still has a little bit of that feel of Prince announcing that he's free of his contract because the fact that he says that's all I need and I'm ready to flow. Like the idea that all he needs is a drummer and a bass player, and he can kind of record you some songs. Um, and, you know, he says he's been chilling in the cut, which I guess is a reference to the fact that, you know, he, he's kind of been held back by Warner Brothers. Um, and now he's mm-hmm. coming to get mine. And, you know, I, I don't think you can imagine anything more than a 36 track album <laughs> as like evidence <laughs> that he is literally coming to get whatever is his. And, and then, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of go we go to the chorus again. Uh, we, in the middle eight, Prince says he doesn't sing this. He kind of he kind of sing talks. it saying let's make a toast to the host with the most raise your glass if you're on your own. And I love that Rosie Gaines is the one who repeats, raise your glass if you're on your own. Um, he says all the girls say ho, and then obviously Rosie goes ho, and he goes, if your man's given up the gold, all your fellas say woof if you're only giving up the bone. Tonight we're going to hide it. I mean, I, I think it's quite funny that Prince is like, "Show me, show me where the single people are and then, you know, he insists the fellas say woof because they're going to hide the bone. Prince actually has a song called Hide the Bone as well, should I say. Oh, OK. Yeah, so, so I'm, and, and the thing is, that song that song Hide the Bone was actually older than the songs on here. So I'm guessing that might be a little bit of an oblique reference to that particular song, you know. And then we kind of just have the, you know, the mm. repeat of the kind of, you know, this is the joint I've been laying for all night and, you know, Newport, Puerto Rican score. Um, and then when we get to the i'm giving it all i got he repeats i'm giving it i'm giving it i'm giving it all i got uh which uh-huh. i guess you could see as a reference to the fact that this album is very long and you know is it's about as much as prince can give yeah, like, i don't think there's any other albums mm-hmm. where prince has kind of recorded this much material and kind of put it out of there and said look this is this is everything I have at this moment. You know, listen to it now. Yeah,
1: so uh, but, uh, how,
0: how how long
1: after this did he release his
0: next album? Crystal Ball was out January 98, and this was out November 96. So it's actually about 14 months. Um, oh, okay. but because, but, but the thing is, Crystal Ball didn't like wasn't was again this was crystal ball was released through 1800 new funk so you had to order it and it took months and months and months before eventually the orders (laughs) were fulfilled Uh so although it was officially released january 1998 it wasn't sent to record stores until later that year so it wasn't until almost the end of 98 before it was in record stores you know for people to buy so it was almost a two-year gap before he released another album um you know and then you know, and Crystal Ball isn't a new album either. It's it's a collection of older material. Mm. And, and then after that, the, Warner Brothers released The Vault, uh, which again was a collection of older material. Mm-hmm. And then Prince did Raven to the Joy Fantastic, which was mostly reco- re-recorded older material. Mm. And it isn't until 2001 when he released Rainbow Children that Prince basically went back and, and kind of did a, a brand new album. You've got three hours of music to yeah. kind of be getting on with, you know. Yeah, that,
1: that that's a good enough reason you know to take a little break creatively
0: but yeah you know the rest of this the rest of this song which is about you know another four minutes of it is a lot of everybody's here this is the jam of the year <laughs> and um, you know kind of a lot of kind of call and response you know there's mm-hmm. this kind of fake kind of crowd that kind of Prince has that kind of does all these ooze and you know um, there's, then you get a lot of Rosie, um, which I love, of course. With the you know, this is the jam of the year. But of course, she sings it. This is the J A A M of the year. Like <laughs> she really kind of, she really gets to go on the on those years. On the, uh, she really kind of goes in on those words, um, you know. And uh, eventually, we kind of get to the end where it's like everybody's here. This is the jam of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rosie just goes, "This is the jam of the year," and that's <laughs> the end of the song. Um, you know, and I feel like. You know, for me personally, uh, you know, I don't view this as a three hour album. Like, I think it's kind of insane to, you know, kind of listen to it that way. And I don't mm-hmm. think anyone I don't think any Prince fan that purchased this album really ever did that. You know, I would listen to each of the albums as if they were three separate albums. Mm-hmm. And as it and as as it goes, you know, they kind of work as three separate albums because this first album is kind of about Prince celebrating his freedom. You know, you have Jam of the Year, you have, uh, you know, Get Your Groove On, uh, you have We Gets Up, you have, um, you know, Mr. Happy. Like, there's a, you know, you have White Mansion, which is, you know, a song about Mm -hmm. his own house. Um, You know, there's a lot of songs on this first disc that are all about Prince kind of celebrating where he is in life at that particular time. Um, You know, it's kind of a loose theme for the first disc, but, you know, it's kind of there. Um, you know there's at least like four party songs on this first disc so it <laughs> seems to be Prince is about the party um, and then you kind of get into the second disc which is pretty much 12 songs about how Prince wants to you know uh, marry and have a baby and be with Maite forever um, you know that, that's pretty much what that second disc is all about uh-huh. um, and then the third disc you know like I said it starts with a track called Slave and it finishes with one called Emancipation um, you know and you also have um, The Love We Make which is I'll, you know, which is kind of related to um, Jam of the Year a little bit because there's there's some charities which were named after these two songs um, mm. that Prince had, um, and there's also you know One of Us, which you know obviously Prince covers and kind of changes some of the lyrics, and then you have kind of stuff like um, New World and Face Down, you know, like it's mm-hmm. a little bit of Prince taking shots at Warner Brothers, basically, <laughs> and announcing that he's free. Mm-hmm. So that final disc is kind of almost like you know Prince's um, you know kind of freedom disc um you know so that's that's kind of how i view it as these are kind of three different albums and i think you kind of have to judge the songs on on you know that particular merit like um, do do these do these 12 songs kind of work as an album and you know does jam of the year cuz i think putting the pressure on jam of the year to be the opening track of 36 tracks mm-hmm. i think is a little bit too high you know mm-hmm. i don't think it can, can kind of live up to setting the scene for you know the next 36 songs but i think it's mm-hmm. a really good opener if you just view it as the opening track to the first kind of 12 you know 12 songs
1: uh what's your what's your uh favorite of the the discs
0: uh i would say and this is probably controversial because i don't i'm not sure that many prince fans would agree with this but mm-hmm. i would say the second disc mm-hmm. the stuff that's about my and uh you know you have i mean you have at least I mm-hmm. don't know, i'd say at least 3 five star songs on that one for me mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of four star songs on there as well Whereas this first disc, I feel, is like the weakest disc. I think Jam of the Year is a great kind of opening song, um, and then I, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm slightly more indifferent to the next kind of few songs, mm. um, and I think the cover of Better by Golly Wow is, is you know, is a really good cover, and then the second side, you know, there's a couple of songs I'm not super keen on, um, you know, and for the final disc as well, Prince kind of starts doing some weird like kind of EDM stuff and mm. kind of doing like house music. And it's kind of so weird and kind of off-putting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think there's, there's maybe two or three songs on the final disc that I kind of really enjoy. But out of, out of all the three discs, I'd say the second one is kind of the strongest one for me. Mm. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that I think Jam of the Year is a really good kind of like opening track.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's uh, you mentioned it earlier, but it's a great statement of what the first album is, the first disc of like celebrating his Emancipation.
0: And, you know, and, the, you know, the fact that he's saying, you know, just give me give me some drums and a bass line and then I can go and make lots of songs for you. And that seems to be what he's saying at the start here is like, look, you know, you've got 35 more songs after this because <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm free and someone gave me, you know, a drum and a, and a bass line. And that's pretty much that's pretty much what's going to happen <laughs> here, mm-hmm. um, you know. And obviously it's worth saying as well, you know, a couple of years earlier, Prince had done a thing called The Undertaker. Yeah. Uh, with what was dubbed the new power trio, and that's just literally Prince, a bassist and a drummer. So, so oh, okay. you know, the idea of maybe Prince stripping his band back just down to like the bare essentials, mm. um, you know, maybe was in his mind. Um, and even here, you know, you've just kind of got you know drums from Kirk Johnson, and you've got you know background vocals from Rosie Gaines, and then you've got you know the the, the horns with uh, Walter Chancellor Jr. and, and Eric Leeds. But, you know, most of the instruments are played by Prince, you know, the, the, you know, the drum, the bass, the guitar, that's mostly Prince, Um, Mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, this album, even though it's a big album, most on most of the tracks, it's a very small band that is playing. You know, Prince hasn't kind of suddenly expanded his band. It's not like a gigantic band like it was with like uh, Diamonds and Pearls and Cymbal. It's kind of stripped down a little bit to the essentials. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so, you know, and... I think, as far as uh, you know, out of five, I would say for me this is a five out of five. You know, this is like on this disc, this is this is one of my favorite songs, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's like one of those. If if I was to like boil these three albums down <laughs> to mm-hmm. just twelve, you know, just to a single album, um, you know, if I could do that and kind of you know maybe pick twelve out of here to kind of put down, I would still keep this as the first track. I think this is like a really strong opening track.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd give this four out of five. Uh, it's just a really good solid like party song <laughs>
0: and uh you know prince named the tour that followed this album uh the jam of the year world tour so, mm. so so clearly had he had some affection for this song and obviously on that tour which you know went from 96 uh, mm. through 97 and into 1998 um, and eventually turned into just the new power soul tour because by that point he had another album out called new Power Soul. Mm-hmm. Um you know this was a song that obviously was you know mostly the opening song for the entire night so you know this is how Prince would set the scene um you know for most of those shows um and then after those 3 years he stopped playing the song oh <laughs> and until 2012 and then he kind of mm. brought it back a little bit um but you know the na- last kind of known performance of it is 26th of September 2012 in Chicago um, and that was like a, 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 an after show Rather than at the actual <laughs> <laughs> um, Like show itself You know but I, I mean I In terms of you know like, I mean obviously Prince Kind of actually after 1998 he didn't tour A huge amount like he toured like 2004, 2006, 2008 Like so you know there weren't a lot of tours for him To play this live on but at the same time mm-hmm. You know, he started doing this thing of trying not to be like a greatest hits act. Obviously, this is something that happened a lot to like, you know, Michael Jackson, Madonna. When they were touring in in the 90s and early 2000s, they were mostly doing greatest hits stuff because, you know, their most recent album wasn't really that much of a hit. And you know, for Prince, he never wanted to turn into that. He never wanted to be a greatest hits act. So he always had a tendency of just touring the most recent album. And Hmm. most of his shows are built around whatever the most recent album is. His logic being that you know, true fans would own the next, would own this album. You know, they've owned Hmm. it and they've listened to it. So that's what you want to give them live. Um, and right. then maybe you finish off with Purple Rain. <laughs> but, you know, but mostly, you you know, you don't try and turn into a greatest hits, you know, kind of 80s tribute type thing. And so that's what, you know, that's why he kind of would always tend to tour, you know, more recent material and then kind of, you know, stop playing it after a few years. Um, so, you know, it's kind of not unusual that he, he kind of stopped doing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a really strong opening to this album. I mean, you know, this is a big album, not just because. Of the fact that it has 36 songs, but also because this is him free from Warner Brothers, you know, a fight that was so kind of public and, you know, the fact that he changed his name in an attempt to get out of the contract, he released (laughs) all these albums to get out of the contract, you know, Mm -hmm. he let the Black Album get released, which, you know, he'd held back for seven years just to get out of this contract, and Mm -hmm. then here he is, and this is how he's opening the whole thing up with jam of the year and you know i feel like it's it's a it's kind of it's you know it's a it's a great kind of way to open things up obviously you know over the next kind of 35 days we'll figure out whether or not it was it was you know it was fully successful um but i think you know if if you to say to someone who you know had maybe they hadn't been a prince fan for four or five years since maybe mm-hmm. diamonds and pearls and if you were to play them jam of the year i think they'd be like yeah this is prince you know he's back you know He's, he's kind of, you know, he's doing something that sounds fun and original and, and sounds yeah. like a party. Uh, I should go without saying no one's covered this song. <laughs> um, yeah, I
1: kind of figured that by this point. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're kind of at the point now where people aren't really covering Prince songs. Um, there's some songs after this where, you know, when Prince died, people did actually cover them in, in like in tribute to Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some stuff off musicology and, you know, there's various other stuff from kind of the early 2000s where people actually did cover them. Um, but yeah, mostly no one's covering Prince tracks. You know, there's no one there's no one taking Jam of the Year and turning it hmm. into, you know, Tom Jones and the Art of Noise doing Kiss. You know, hmm. that's, that's just not happening at this point. Um, you know, so I feel like we said about as much as we can about Gem of the Year, so mm-hmm. uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Spencer?
1: Um, I have a podcast called High and Low, a Curse podcast for me and my co-host, Joel. We go through Curse movies and other Japanese movies as an excuse to watch old movies that we uh, have uh, been uh, an attempt, uh, just an excuse to watch old movies, and that's
0: kind of it great stuff you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast or you can email us I'm not sure why you would at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here Spencer no you're welcome and otherwise this is the gem of the year